over the last few days in order for us to be able to worship together and uh, together but apart it's kind of been our new phrase but uh, we are glad that you have tuned in today and we thank you so very much for taking part we're anticipating maybe as soon as a couple of weeks maybe to be able to of course we're waiting from word from uh, the governor or someone else but uh, that we might be able to some of us be able to come back and start to be able to worship together I encourage you maybe tune in on our Wednesday uh, message of encouragement maybe a little bit more details of what's going what is going to take place and how that might be able to look I want to let you know that uh, this Thursday is the National Day of Prayer always first Thursday in May is the National Day of Prayer maybe of much more significance this year and want to encourage you to participate maybe in some way in that and uh, and it may be I'm, I'm just mentioning it now and so the feasibility of that will kind of let you know but it may be that we may do it, try to do a church-wide zoom of some kind maybe at noon on Thursday it's usually a day in which we would gather at the courthouse in, in Opelika and uh, many would be invited for that for a time of prayer we may try to do a church-wide uh, day of prayer and if that is true and that we can do that we'll let you know we'll send you a link in order that you might be able to zoom with us we of course could do it this way but maybe it might be a chance to be able to at least look up and down and maybe see some people's faces you hadn't seen for a while but regardless we always want you to be praying for these but on national day of prayer do be praying for our church and our community and our state our nation and our world and if we do that, we'll have several that will be praying and we'll be sharing some scripture and uh, may be able to do that uh, live on Thursday. So you stay tuned for that. Take your Bibles, if you would, and find Exodus uh, chapter 3. We're going to be reading today verses 1 through 12 in Exodus chapter 3. And it is a part of the escape zone, what's holding you back. So we hope that these days and this particular series of messages will kind of help us to be able to understand that regardless of our situation in life regardless of our circumstance we have freedom in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we're learning from an Old Testament passage how we are able to have freedom in Christ and uh, so we want to it's always my desire that every time we come together for a message like this whether you're here or in your home we want to be able to certainly always bring honor and glory to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ but also it is a time in which we believe our time of worship together uh, and what we're reading from God's Word and are seeking to understand it also transforms hearts and lives we believe this is a sacred time and we hope that that continues at the same time I always want to whet your appetite to the study of God's Word even beyond what we're doing this hour forgive me if and when that is not the case but when we read and talk about God's Word I hope that by the time that it is done you're thinking to yourself I want more not necessarily more of me I'm sure you've had enough of me but more of the study of God's Word application and us to be able to do this and that very thing today as we look at the study and the story of Moses at the burning bush and we're just kind of doing the introduction of what happens on the mountain with Moses in the burning bush this may be one of your favorite stories it's one of my favorite stories but sometimes when we come to a story such as this we we know that we've heard it before most people are at least familiar with Moses in the burning bush and sometimes familiarity leads us not to always have the freshness with which God's Word always should have if we let it so I'm just encouraging you today as we come to this familiar story just as Moses we're going to read in just a moment just as Moses was drawn to the burning bush, I want you to be drawn to the 
burning bush as well to the story, but particularly to the one who was in the bush, and that was the Lord, uh, our Lord who called unto Moses is the same one who is calling you today. So do not let the familiarity cause you to lose the application. For every time we read a familiar story of God, we know that we can always find new and fresh meaning or always be reminded of what the story says to us. So we're coming to it fresh today, asking you to come close to God's Word, come close to Him as we read the story today. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, this now is the Word of God. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and heard their cry because of their taskmasters, taskmasters and I know their sufferings. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you, that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain. May the Lord bless the reading of His holy word today. I don't know if you have been tuning in a few minutes before the broadcast or the online streaming, but... Uh, Bobby Jones, our student pastor, has been kind of introducing the service and encouraging a chat to have gone on online. And if you've listened to that, if you've not, you need to tune in about five or six or seven minutes before to be able to hear him say that. And probably if you're watching, you know that you can chat online. And sometimes, and Bobby will say, he'll call out the names of those who are chatting. Hello, I see you. I know that you're there. By the way, somebody asked me, he's never called out my name because... You're listening, but you're not chatting, I think is the reason. I think he can only tell if you're chat, if you send something out. But it reminded me of a, uh, a show that I used to watch as a kid, maybe as a preschooler even. There used to be a show that would come on. I don't know if it was local, but probably you had a show like this, but it was called Romper Room. I don't remember exactly what the show was about in Romper Room. Maybe they showed cartoons and had games and things that go on. But the host, which was a lady, maybe her name was Miss Romper. Maybe that's why they called it Romper Room. She would hold up a mirror, and she said, I'm looking at this magic mirror. And she would say, I see out there all of my friends in TV land. And she would call out. She'd say, I see Sydney, and I see Bobby, and I see Dickie, and I see Aaron, and I see Donna, and I see Timmy, and I see Lisa, and I see Crete. 
And uh, if you ever heard your name called, you think maybe she really does see me and how exciting it would be able to be able to hear your name called. Well, I don't know if you ever saw that show, but that was a show that came on. But I wonder how Moses felt when he, from the burning bush his name was called out, Moses, Moses. Well, was he terrified at first? Was he stand there in awe? We do know a little bit of what, how he felt because of how he responded and what happens in this chapter and the next chapter. How would you feel if your name was called out in such a situation? Well, today we might even find out. We talk about the burning bush experience as the time of God's call on Moses' life. Now, the burning bush is unique to Moses' life, but it's not so different from the way in which God has called or will call every person who is listening today. God calls every believer to a specific task and for a specific purpose which we discover as we are drawn closer to Him. The difference between Moses' experience and your experience is obvious. Now, not too many of us have seen a bush that burned and yet was not consumed and heard the audible voice of God while shepherding in the wilderness. Probably that was, would be unique to anybody who's listening today. However, the similarities between Moses' experience and your experience will help you to discover what God is doing in your life today. So today we want to discover how to recognize your burning bush experience or your burning bush moment. And I want to tell you today might be that moment. Today might be that day in which you have this kind of experience maybe even somewhat similar to Moses had because God uses the ordinary and he uses the not so ordinary to get your attention and even the dramatic changes and events which affect our whole world in which we live. Well, if we want to be able to recognize God's call, some of you may have some notes there. If not, they're going to appear for you on the screen. By the way, we're sending those out. And I know you might be highly motivated to do this, but you can actually run, if you're a note taker and love to fill in the blanks, feel free to, uh, you can run that off and be able to fill in the blanks as you go or make them even write them down. But if we're looking for those things, how you might be able to recognize your burning bush moment. And here's the first one we find from God's Word is we need to look for God's initiative. Look for God's initiative. God wants to speak to you and me. Now, over the years and centuries and even millenniums in which this has occurred and taken place and been right down, people have, uh, have come to different conclusions of what the burning bush symbolized. Some have said that the burning bush symbolizes God's power. God's power is always at work, and fire often represented the presence of God in the Old Testament. You know, we know that fire led the Israelites at night. Uh, his power is never used up, so kind of like the burning bush never being used up. Some have said that the burning bush that was uh, on fire yet not consumed represent the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel had been oppressed and persecuted, and even though it sought to have been destroyed throughout history, the nation of Israel will never become extinct. Some have said that the burning bush actually represented Moses. There he fled from Israel spent 40 years in Midian as a shepherd, but his fire and passion for his brethren never went out, and though Moses was like the weak bush, God was not through with him. Now, all these may be great symbols, and we always need to be careful to say that the Word of God means something that wasn't intended to be. But you know what I think the bush that burned yet was not consumed was about? 
It was about a bush that burned that yet was not consumed that was used by God to get Moses' attention and to speak to him. God is the God of creation. He is the God over creation where bushes usually burn and usually burn up when they're on fire. This one did not, which reminds us that all of God's creation is under his control, although fire does represent the presence of God. But just as it caused Moses to become curious and to further investigate, it should do the same for us. I want you to investigate as if hearing and watching and seeing what's taking place the very first time just as Moses did. But notice, Moses first saw the bush and it got his attention and he drew near unto it. Well, may we continue to draw near, seek to understand. Now let's not read more into this than it is here because even though it says the angel of the Lord appeared in the fire, tells us that at the beginning, it may be Moses did not understand that this was God about to speak to him as he approached and as he drew near. He did not know that this was going to be a God thing going on, but it was a God thing going on. But Moses may have just been curious. By the way, we must talk about who is the angel of the Lord in the bush, the angel of the Lord. Well, I certainly believe this to be that this is, sometimes as the angel of the Lord appears in the Old Testament, I believe this to be the second person of the Trinity. Jesus Christ, pre-incarnate, before he was born in the flesh in Bethlehem, shows up many places, and he has showed up here. He is on the mountain with Moses at the burning bush. Jesus is, just as Moses was with Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration in the New Testament. But know it or not, this was a God thing going on, whether Moses knew it or not at first. But today, you can draw close to God with confidence because you can be sure that God wants to speak to you. Until he heard God's voice, Moses may not have known this was God speaking to him or he even that it was going to be his burning bush moment. After all, there was no manual about burning bushes. There was no Sunday school literature that he could go by to discover whether this was. He had never heard or read a book by David Jeremiah or David Platt that talked about 25 ways that you might be able to recognize the burning bush. God had not spoken to another this way before. Though God's presence will be symbolized by fire often in the Old Testament, this was a unique way in which God spoke to Moses. Our experience with him will be a personal, unique experience as well. But most of us have not heard God speak maybe so dramatically, or maybe some have. Perhaps God has spoken to you maybe at a high point, or at a low point, maybe in the midst of a tragedy or a crisis. And while God did not cause this pandemic that we all know about or the low points going on in your life, He surely uses them to draw you close to Him and to speak to you. I'm, I'm often asked when people go through tragedies or difficult times, Preacher, is the Lord trying to tell me something through this? Well, the answer is yes. Whatever you're going through, whether it's good or bad, God is always at work to draw you close to Him and that to be able to say, come close and listen to what I have to say. My belief is God's doing that right now. He's certainly doing this through the pandemic that we're all experiencing. I also believe that God's doing it right now in this worship service, even with you sitting at home and to those who are here in the sanctuary today, we know that God is at work. God's using what we all have in common, 
and what you all have uniquely happening in your life right now today to say, draw close to me and listen, for I want to speak to you. The point is not what he might be using, but that God takes the initiative to get your attention. Consider some of the folks from the Old Testament. Consider here was Moses. God used a burning bush experience with Gideon, angel of the Lord, and came and sat down by an oak tree while he, Gideon was threshing wheat. For Samuel, he was in his bed at night, and the Lord called out his name. Isaiah, he saw the presence of the Lord in the holy temple. For Ezekiel, it was a windstorm, four living creatures, and some kind of will that God used to speak to him. Can't wait to talk about Ezekiel sometime in the future. As Elijah, it was a still, small voice after many dramatic events. The point is the Lord wants to speak to you today and if God did not take the initiative to approach us and to make himself known, there's no way that we could know him or be able to hear his voice. We, we may think today, well, that's, that's Old Testament and that's Bible. God doesn't speak so much in a dramatic fashion today, but he does speak. He speaks to us through the written word. He speaks to us through the living word who is Jesus. And if you're looking for God to speak in a dramatic way, there is no more dramatic way than the Son of God who left the throne room of heaven to come and to be born as a babe, as a human being in Bethlehem and then to live amongst us and to be able to die on the cross for our sins and rise again on the third day. I want you to notice we read there in verse 8, God told Moses, I've come down to be the deliverer of God's people. Well, it is just a precursor to the fact that Jesus, who came down to deliver you and me from sin, think for a moment about God's call to salvation for you. Who or what did God use if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus? God used something to get your attention. Was it a Sunday school teacher or maybe it was a family member? Maybe it was a Sunday school lesson or maybe it was uh, during a worship service or maybe it was a neighbor. God was taking the initiative to speak to you. Look for how he may be speaking to you even today. Now, we need to be careful here because not everything that happens is a burning bush moment. Not everybody that gives you their opinion or advice is a word from the Lord. So what we're doing is we're learning how we might be able to hear and to be able to follow God's call and when God speaks. I'm reminded of the story of the disciples when they were in the boat during the storm, Matthew chapter 14. The Bible tells us that during the storm, Jesus came walking to them on the water, and the disciples were terrified, thinking that they had seen a ghost. And the Lord called out to them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Then in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 28, it says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. If it's you, if it's you Lord, command me to come to you. Look for God's initiative, asking, If this is you, Lord, speaking to me, Draw me closer to you and then step out on faith toward him. But also, if we want to be able to recognize our burning bush moment, you want to learn from God's holiness. As Moses, Moses drew closer to investigate, the Bible says that God saw he turn toward the bush and called out to his name, Moses, Moses. And then Moses answered, here I am. Most of you, or many of you might know my middle name. Not everybody does, but my middle name is Luther. Now, when I was growing up, 
I would not, you could hold me down and spit in my face. I probably wouldn't have told you my middle name. But uh, as an adult, I've, I've not only shared it, but I've kind of embraced it. In fact, if I'm, which we're all doing a lot of, if I'm calling up and ordering a meal and they need a name, I'll use the name Luther. I've been doing that for years. And my wife uses that name. I don't know if they think she's Luther or not, but, uh, but I'll call and I'll use that name. And I suppose it was uh, when I was in, College. I was in a fraternity in college. And, and by the way, just maybe a side note for those of you who are graduating, congratulations, and if you're about to go off to college or wherever, and, or you're in school, you can be in a fraternity and you can be in a sorority and you can be in any other kind of organization. And what a great place to continue to display your Christ-like and godly values that you've been taught in your home and in your church, and I want to encourage you to do those things. Just a side note. But I was in the fraternity. Somewhere along the way, they found out my middle name was Luther. And so pretty much to many, whenever they saw me, they just simply called me Luther. And uh, so, and, and I started college, wow, 40 years ago this August. So that was a long time ago. But it was just a couple of years ago, I was at a conference somewhere and uh, maybe it's North Alabama but I was at a conference and uh, we were in a break time and suddenly the large crowd kind of milling around and suddenly I heard out of the crowd somebody yell out Luther Luther well first of all I recognized they were calling my name and I knew that it was somebody from college well would it be that we might be able to recognize God's name God calling our name and what God has to say to us. But it can only be done if we learn from God's holiness. The first thing that God asked him to do was to do what? Take off his shoes for he was on holy ground. And then he said, do not come closer, which seems a little odd to me, but it recognized for us that he was in, a, he was, uh, in the presence of a holy God. God then described himself as the God of his father and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of the Israelites. And upon being face to face with God, Moses hid his face and he could not look. Just as Isaiah said, in God's presence I am undone, I'm a man of unclean lips. Moses hid his face as a sign of respect in his own sinful humanity. Here is where many people become unable, many Christians even, become unable to hear God's voice. For if you've ever sought after God, you will come face to face with God's holiness. And you must realize that you must do something with your own sinfulness and reverence the holiness of God, or you will have a hard time being able to recognize and be able to hear God's voice. In the East still today, an attitude of respect and holiness is shown by the taking off of shoes before entering a holy place. And in some cultures, and even around the America today, the host is offended if shoes are worn in the house. Well, we often sing a song about standing on holy ground when we're in worship. Well, today we know that we're on holy ground. I'm on holy ground in the sanctuary today. You're on holy ground in your home or wherever you find yourself today. Go ahead, take a look at the carpet or the linoleum or the wood floor or whatever it is that you got your feet on, your couch or your chair sitting on. 
It's holy ground because you've gathered together in God's name. It's holy ground even during the week because of the one, the one who is the living Lord Jesus, the Spirit of Christ is living inside you. For, so for wherever you go, we understand it's holy ground. And while God wants you to draw ever closer in your relationship with Him, you can only draw so close until you learn these two things, till you learn of God's holiness, to stand in reverence and fear of, holy fear of Almighty God. That's why Proverbs often repeats itself. The fear, the holy fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But you also must learn how to deal with your own sinfulness. To learn of God's holiness and to draw near to His holy light will reveal our darkness in our own lives and the filth in our life needing confession and transformation. And just as God called for Moses to remove his shoes, He demands that as we approach Him that we have something done about our sins and we have a respect for God and be holy. The Lord said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And here's a definition for you for holiness, because none of us are going to be perfect, we understand, but we need to understand about God's holiness. It's to be set apart and to be made righteous before God. And we can only become holy and righteous only by the blood of Christ, by confession of sin. And then He sets us apart. And only Jesus can change us from within. And once you recognize Christ at work in you, then you become an eager participant in wanting to please Him. If today's a burning bush moment, or sometime even in the near future, and God's calling for you to draw near to Him and He wants to speak to you, unless you're willing to come in confession and allow Christ to make the necessary changes, you'll have little chance of hearing God speak. And what you think, maybe even in your journey might be a comfortable place or maybe even a place to hide might turn out to be very uncomfortable when the time comes that you really need a word from the Lord. And just as you look for God's initiative to draw you close to Him, just like Moses, you'll be confronted with God's holiness and God's demand to pursue holiness in your life. So, we want to be able to recognize a burning bush moment. Well... You're going to have to look for God's initiative. You need to learn from God's holiness. But also, you'll need to lean on God for deliverance. Often the reason people do not make the necessary changes needed to hear from God is things are comfortable the way they are. I mean, we kind of have the attitude, don't rot my world. We don't necessarily like change. Things have been this way for a little while, and they seem to be fine. Well, as we've been discussing for the last few weeks, all of us, pretty much all of us, have had some pretty big changes in our life. Here was Moses, a shepherd for 40 years. Chapter 2 tells us he was content to be a shepherd after a failed attempt to help his brethren in Egypt. But God was about to turn his world upside down. Why? Just to shake Moses up or because he just got a little too comfortable as a shepherd? Well, maybe that, maybe he was comfortable as a shepherd. The Bible says he was a content, but that wasn't the reason. But there's another, but that's another reason some people don't want to hear from God or will not hear God speak. Because they're afraid God will ask them to do something that they really don't want to do. Now, the word that God was giving Moses should have actually been good news for Moses. For Moses still cared about 
the people who were in Egypt who were slaves and because of their burdens. He named his first son Gershom, which means sojourner or foreigner, because he knew he was a stranger in a foreign land. Forty years earlier, he tried to help his people, but he was doing it under his own power, not under God's. But I want you to notice, if you still got your Bibles open, notice verses 7 and 8. Notice God's actions. They're similar to God's actions at the very end of Exodus chapter 2. Because it says there that God is speaking, He says, I have seen, I've heard, I know, and I've come to deliver. We serve a God who cares for us. Be reminded today, God sees, God hears, God knows, and God delivers you. Another application for us. Remember, Moses had been doing the same thing for 40 years as a shepherd. God was giving him his reasons for making a dramatic change in his life. Things were going to change in Moses' life. God was going to use him to deliver his people over a million Israelites, God's people who were in slavery in Egypt. Well, does that sound like a pretty good reason? Yeah, I guess that sounded like a pretty good reason. Let's suppose, as a church... God asked us to do something different as a church. Maybe approach some things differently than we have ever been doing as a church. Now here Moses had been doing the same thing for 40 years. We've been a church and we're celebrating our 50, year, 50 years this fall as a church. There are some things that we've been doing the same way probably for 50 years. So the question is, would we be willing to make the change? Would you be willing to make the change if God's asking you to do something dramatically different? Probably not, unless you knew the reasons why. Just as God told Moses, he tells us, remember what he said? He said, I've seen, I've heard, I know, and I've come down. I've seen lost sinners in the world. I know of their cries for meaning and purpose and how they're under affliction because of sin. I know that they need their burdens lifted. I know that they're going to spend eternity in hell. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of Satan in this world. Is that a good enough reason to submit to God for change in your life or in the life of the church, if God asks? I hope it is. Now, I don't know what kinds of changes God might want to make in your life or in this church. We're, in fact, we're still meeting together and planning because we hope this fall to be able to give a vision plan God's vision plan for the church over the next five to ten years. Here's all I'm asking. If God asks, are you willing? Would you be willing because we lean on God for deliverance? Think for a moment how God has delivered you from, or how, what God has delivered you, or how God has delivered you. Has, has God delivered you from sin and judgment? If not, today needs to be the day that you know Him as the deliverer. By asking Christ to come in and to be your Savior and Lord, by asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins, the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, and will cleanse us from all of our sin, and Jesus will come in and give us freedom found in knowing and loving Jesus. Has God ever delivered you as believers also from trials, troubles, or temptation? I, I heard one fellow give testimony he said, I've never really seen a miracle like they talk about in the Bible, like where Jesus turned water into wine. He said, but i got to tell you, I have seen the miracle take place where he turned wine into house payments. 
in car payments and put food on the table as he delivered me from alcoholism. Do you know God is the deliverer? We may wonder why we don't have true burning bush moments today, but we're all able to know and see and experience more ever than Moses and the prophets did because we live on this side of the cross in history. More miracles occur in the hearts and the lives of people because of the presence of the Holy Spirit that ever occurred in the Old Testament. I can assure you that God, the God you know is your deliverer from sin and the one who delivers you and I every day in our troubles will deliver us on judgment day and wants you to be an instrument of his redemption for others. So if you want to recognize a burning bush moment, it will have something to do with your willingness to offer the message of hope to people who are burdened, need Jesus, or are enslaved to sin. How does God want to use you to offer a message of deliverance for others? By offering a message of hope. But also we find in this passage, if you want to, if you want to recognize your burning bush moment, then long for God's presence. Now, we often think of Moses maybe as the movie star type. You know, he's the natural choice. He's groomed in the palace, chosen by God, the obvious deliverer of God's people. And in Exodus chapter 2, that's just the way we see him. But the picture in Exodus 3 is more of the outcast or the reject. Moses, at least in his eyes, was the least likely as far as being used as a deliverer. After all, when he tried to help his people, he left led as a fugitive, destined to spend his days as an unknown shepherd in Midian. And Moses objects to God's call on his life, and he asks five questions. Now, we're just looking at the first of those five, or five excuses that we might see that why Moses didn't want to go, didn't want to be the deliverer. We'll probably finish this chapter next week, and uh, the next week we'll probably finish two chapters that takes place here on the mountain. But he genuinely asked, Who am I? Who am I that I should be able to help God's people in Egypt? Friends, church family, if you're listening today, and if you've ever thought yourself not to be able to do very much for God, that you have no particular talent or gift that would make you stand out, then I'm telling you, you have a lot in common with Moses and you might be just the kind of person that God wants to use for a God-sized task. God answered Moses' question by saying, it's not who you are. That was the wrong question. It's who God is. Moses, in essence, said, I, who am I? I can't free these people. And God says, you're right. You can, but I can And if God can use a simple bush to speak to Moses and to us as he's doing today... He can certainly use Moses as a deliverer, and he can use you and me to do a work for him. Oh, Moses is a, represents for us what a person can do or what God can do with a person or a church that is fully committed and surrendered to him. God may be calling you today to do something. Your, present, your response may be, you don't think you can. You're right, but God can. You may be facing a situation today that you think is unbearable. You may be going through some tough times, financial difficulties, physical problems, whatever it might be, family problems, and you're thinking, I cannot handle this. And you're probably right. But the question is not who you are, but who is God. And as a child of God, 
You're not the deliverer of your own sins or even your own problems. God is the deliverer. And we are to respond to God's voice and be found faithful. God told Moses in verse 12. He tells in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 12, He said, But I, I'll be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. And when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. If you're looking at a different translation, it's likely that that very last phrase says, You shall worship God on this mountain. And it may be, and it is, will help us to understand the same word that's used for worship is the same word that is used for serve. Help us to be able to understand about worship and service. And the sign that Moses was following God's call in his life, it was God's presence. God would go with him and he would bring the people out and they would come back and they would serve and worship on the same mountain in which he was, stayed, was standing. It was what God told Joshua in Joshua 1.5. As I was with Moses, God, God told Joshua, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. God told Gideon in Judges chapter 6 and verse 11, The angel announced, The Lord is with you. In Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, I am but a child. And by God, the Lord said, Do not be afraid, I am with you. Jesus told his disciples, and he's, told, and he's telling every believer ever since, Lo, I am with you always. It's the same sign that you're following God's call on your life. It's fellowship with Jesus. Oh, before, we, before we finish up today, you need to understand there's a difference in understanding about our relationship with Jesus and our fellowship with Jesus. Because in our relationship with Jesus, once we become a follower of Christ, we're a child of God. We have a home in heaven, and that's never going to change. We have that relationship, and that is firmly in God's hands. But our fellowship with Jesus, it is that we are to increase our fellowship. We are to be growing in Christ. We are to be ever walking so much closer every day with Him. It's part of your responsibility of a, as a follower of Jesus. You want to keep up your spiritual disciplines as you grow in fellowship with Jesus. Spiritual disciplines, such as your daily prayer life, the study of God's Word, fellowship with other believers, serving Him, serving others, and worshiping with Jesus. It's worshiping, both worshiping Jesus both private and publicly. Somebody told me this week, they said, I sure appreciate our family's been watching online and we've been enjoyed that, been able to do so. But I now know there's a reason that we come together for worship. And I can sense the difference. And I know something is missing. I know we can't do anything about it now, but I'm ready to come back. We're accepting what we cannot change for now, but we're ready to get together. And here's what you need to know. If you have a relationship with Jesus, that which never changes, the Spirit of Christ lives in you, and you're fellowshipping with Him, you're walking with Him daily, you're serving and worshiping with Him, that's the sign that you're in His will. And it's also true that if you're worshiping and fellowshipping with Jesus, you will not miss God's call. You'll hear Him speak. You'll know that He's speaking to you, willing to follow His voice. Just to be clear, here's what's meant by a burning bush moment. It, and one of these could be happening to you today. God calls lost sinners to saving grace into the kingdom of God. 
Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. It is Jesus knocking on your heart's door today. Don't put it off. Don't wait till we can come back together right now. Find yourself a place alone with the Lord Jesus. Ask Christ to forgive you of your sins and ask Christ to come in. It's your burning bush moment. But also, not only is it about lost sinners, but also it's about saved sinners who are Christians, believers. It's a call to serve Him. God may be speaking to you today. You may not know exactly what God's calling you to do. God may be simply wanting you to be willing to go and do whatever He's leading to do. You may have never said it before. Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you want, willing to go wherever you want me to go. Or it may be that you need to say it again. This may be your burning bush moment. Or it may be. There's a third way. Today's a burning bush moment. In light of what Jesus did for us on the cross, when He conquered sin and death and He rose again to give life to all who believe, every day is or can be a burning bush moment. The veil to the Holy of Holies has been torn apart. We have access to the throne of God. Every day we can come and bring our needs and burdens to the one who sees and knows all. Every moment with Christ as Lord, we know that we're standing on holy ground. Moses came and approached the bush, and the Lord told Moses, Stop right there. Don't come any closer. But now on this side of the cross, as we come and we approach the very place where Jesus and where the Lord is, He says, Come ever closer. Approach the throne of grace boldly with confidence and keep coming closer. So for every one of us today can and should be a burning bush moment. Now today you may be asking, who am I? Jesus tells us it's not about who you are, but it's who you are in Christ, in God who loves you and has a plan for today and for your future. Today is a burning bush moment. If you let it be, there's nothing that can hold you back. Jesus, God's Word, Holy Spirit, reminds us that He is the escape zone. Nothing can hold us back from having that burning bush moment. I encourage you today, if you've made the decision of any kind, you need prayer. You've, we've been given opportunities of ways to contact. Dick will give you some more opportunities to do that. You let us know how things are going for you today. I'm going to turn it over to Brother Dick.